I love America. It's been my home all my life. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. If you don't know the past, you're only doomed to repeat it. Welcome to Public Access America. This is your history. This is your country. This is America. Join us in listening to some of history's America's best speeches. Created by Jarcodes Productions. Go back in time with us right now on Public Access America. The tiered roof of a Buddhist pagoda shelters by tradition a life withdrawn from the struggles which torment the outer world. In the ancient quiet of Hue in central Vietnam, the years drifted calmly on, while monks and nuns and laymen shared the blessed peace of Buddha. Then one day in the full moon of the fourth month, or in May of 1963, on what was celebrated as a holy day, the peace was torn apart, and there were many months and much sorrow before it was mended again. The Buddhists of Hui sought only what they saw as their right, to fly their flags, to convene without hindrance, to broadcast their beliefs. In a time already full of tension, control became pressure, and pressure became brutality. And when that day ended, 10 out of that crowd of Buddhists were dead. Confusion and charges and countercharges surrounded the tragedy. And the smell of terror was stronger than the smell of incense in every Buddhist home. In Saigon, the protest at first took cold and solemn forms. Monks and nuns paraded through streets, suddenly empty, speaking out their just anger, voicing their demands that they should be treated with fairness and their oppressors punished. The security forces could clear the streets, but the affronted government leaders were not yet ready either to answer or to silence these dead calm voices. While they awaited government reaction to their petition for simple justice, the monks and nuns quietly let Saigon and the world know the depth of their determination. Down from Hui came the Supreme Patriarch, Venerable Tik Ting Kiat, to take a hand in the swelling conflict, to counsel his children who had come so far from the peace of their pagodas. The demonstrations went on. Prayers in the monsoon-swept streets, long fasts in the pagodas, and the first of seven suicides by fire, with the sacrifice of the abbot Tik Kwang Duk. 
Thus harshly jarred from their complacence, the government met Buddhist leaders and, however reluctantly, signed a joint communique which would, if carried out, restore calm. Noting Zhen signed in the clear hope that the whole troublesome affair could be forgotten. the Buddhists themselves had reckoned without another factor. The coffin which contained the charred body of the aged monk became a focus of deep emotion. Pilgrims came to pray and weep beside it, despite attempts by security police to discourage them. small bitter clashes. Both sides of the dispute were angry now and frightened at the widening gulf between the government and so many of its people. Finally, the government permitted the funeral of the martyr monk and took the most extraordinary precautions to ensure that this would not further impassion the deeply troubled Buddhist community. Those who watched the funeral cortege began to realize, with something between joy and dread, that a simple, obscure religious man was being raised towards sainthood by sheer emotion, and that this same emotion had enormous force. which made holy relics of the fragile remains of the monk's body.
yet, what he had hoped to gain by his sacrifice did not come to pass. The government had signed the joint communique, but had balked at carrying out its provisions. The government claimed to have found evidence that the Buddhist affair was, at heart, a communist plot. And the monks and nuns began to find themselves branded not only as troublemakers, but as enemies. With a bitter shooting war against communism never more than a few miles away from Saigon, this meant that monks and nuns walked abroad in mortal danger, and that arrests and disappearances became the order of the day. They learned to be guileful, so that their voices would not be stilled. And again and again they raised their banners and returned to their pagodas to pray for strength to go on. There were those who challenged their right to be heard as other men and women expect to be heard, who mocked them for leaving lives of meditation to enter a very modern, very bitter conflict. But they had been hurt and shamed and they feared the loss of all they worshipped. What weapons came to their hands, they used. silenced, but they could be and were removed. To the internment camps the press followed. The imprisonment of religious men and women, convicted of no visible crime, admitted of no simple explanation. Eventually, even the obstinate Ziem regime had to let them go, though most of them preferred the long journey on foot to the risk of riding in a police van to an unknown destination. In Hue, where it all began, a harsh curfew, harshly enforced, cleared the streets. In Saigon, the arrogance and abusiveness of public figures who feared that the Buddhists might, in the end, win through, brought a wave of public sympathy so broad and profound that it sometimes seemed the whole city prayed for a return to sanity and tolerance and charity among men.
this growing compassion, the government struck with midnight raids which fell upon the pagodas, sacking and stealing them, and sending their bedeviled people off to concentration camps. The aged patriarch, who had only hoped to help his followers, lay in Kanghua Military Hospital, and nun Ziyuwei, who had threatened to burn herself, was closely watched. The young nuns had endured hunger and terror as valiantly as any elders, but they were still young enough to cry. The world, uneasily, began to think about these matters, and a United Nations delegation came to Saigon. And while it deliberated, the seventh monk ignited the torch of his own body on a midtown street. And eyes looked on with horror and pity and awe. A very famous lady called this a monk barbecue show. But then, of course, she did not see it. The tyranny of the No Dynasty ended, as it was bound to end, as any tyranny in Vietnam must one day end. Relief welled up from the streets like joyous music, and the people of the city, not alone the Buddhists, greeted a clear morning after a night which had lasted many months. At Salai Pagoda, which had stood as a fortress in the long fight, worshippers came again in gratitude and happiness that the simple, quiet faith had proved indestructible after all. The patriarch Tiktinket went home to Huey and the happy streets were loud with prayers of thanksgiving. All over South Vietnam, ceremonies and services were organized to mark not the return of an old life, but the beginning of a new one. For the Buddhists pledged together not only their loyalty to their leaders in religion and in government, but to the principles of freedom, which say that discrimination and persecution must not happen again in free Vietnam. One factor which made this whole tragic page of Buddhist history so wrong and so far afield was simply that Buddhism is above all a religion of freedom, of high and glowing spirit, of depth of thought and breadth of human compassion. Prime Minister and the Chief of State laid the cornerstone of what would be a Buddhist center 
with a strong role in the future of the community. When more than 25 centuries ago, a young prince turned his back on a fair, soft life to seek the middle way of peace and quietude, he laid down for generations to come precepts of tremendous strength by which men can live and only live in an atmosphere of freedom. One man is as one other man in the dignity of his own soul and the sanctity of his own right to choose his path. There are eternal verities within Buddhism. They will not change. Monks and nuns will teach the way to laymen. Children will hear from older, wiser lips the truth upon which they can lean when they enter a harsher world. From that world and yet central to it, the holy men and women of Buddhism will pray and meditate that their own renewed strength may one day emerge in more meaningful life. When in this year the anniversary of the Buddha was celebrated in Saigon, Thousands upon thousands of Buddhist faithful massed quietly to attest to their solemn duties and privileges as free citizens of free Vietnam. Those duties and privileges underscored by their faith. It is a quiet and contemplative faith of serenity and passivity. But it is far, far more than that. It is a way of life which free men alone can follow. To protect the rights and duties of which they are inheritors, they will fight while they walk the path of peace only in their inner hearts. They will fight for the protection of their temples and their homes, and beyond them, their land. They will pray for justice, and the mercy of heaven, but they will fight so that one day they may live with their brothers in the whole of their land in liberty. Hey, Petey, have you heard about this new podcast, Public Access America? You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn Radio, and even the Stitcher Smart Radio app. It's so cool. Not good enough. But are you a German spy? Because that sounds like technology. It's like that new thing, the radio, or a newspaper for your ears. You can even follow their production company, Jar Codes, on Twitter or Facebook and find all new episodes posted every day. Oh, that's cool. I don't care nothing about no planes, but I gotta hear the latest episode of Public Access America now. Oh, watch the bomb. You can even go to their YouTube channel at Public Access America and find great videos from Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. 
Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.